0: Austin Seibert misses from 54 yards out. Look, if it isn't like the Lions, isn't this the most Lions thing ever? They get out to a a quick start, 14 to nothing, and you're thinking you're about to body bag this team on the road in in just a a jam-packed stadium. You're about to body bag them. And instead... This thing ends with a deep touchdown to a Detroit native, Dagger, puts Minnesota up by four, and then the Lions, after going four for six on fourth downs on the day, they were four for six on on fourth down today. Dan Campbell decides that he's going to go out and try a 54-yard field goal with Austin Cyber, who, by the way, missed one earlier in the game. And Minnesota's kicker missed two field goals today. I don't know what it is about that stadium. When they open the roof, it, it, that thing, it, it's almost impossible to kick in. I don't know what it is. You're thinking, oh, you're in a dome. It's fine. No. And And look, in a in a game in which it felt like the Lions dominated almost every facet, you know, had more total yards, possessed the rock more, and and the defense played okay, outside of Mana, uh, Amani Orierre, w- with what I think he had six flags, yeah, on, him yeah. six flags on him today, five flags on him today, six. I mean, come on. I I get it. He's back from injury. He's getting acclimated, but uh, I mean, come on. And and probably should have had number seven there on Austin or on on um, Adam Thielen at the end. Probably should have had another uh, uh, DPI, but whatever. And if it isn't like the line, they looked like they're going to win this game going away, and instead they come back, they kick in the shins and lose it by four. It just it felt very it felt very familiar felt like this is a road we've traveled before and look I, I i think this falls on dan campbell this falls squarely on dan campbell and i think as we listen here to the head man post game um I, I think it sounds like uh he regrets that decision on fourth down listen here I mean, look, I think he's right. But at the end of the day, that's a decision that Dan Campbell made that I think costs in this game. Dan Campbell talks about grit. Dan Dan Campbell talks about being able to, to switch the narrative. Dan Campbell wants to be a physical football team that finishes. Today, he didn't finish. Today, he didn't finish. The game plan going into today, obviously, is that Look, depending on where we are on the field, depending on the situation in the game, we are going to be ultra, ultra, ultra liberal. We're going for everything. Anytime we've got a a fourth and five or shorter, we're going for it outside our own 45-yard line. We're going for it. We're going for it. And, And they were four for six on the day. And look, you got to credit Minnesota a little bit. I, I mean, they made some defensive changes. It. I told you last week. You got to be really excited about this offense, right? Because they're explosive. And I think that, yes, Jared Goff missed a couple of throws today. Amon Ross St. Brown's banged up with an ankle. Uh, DeAndre Swift banged up with an ankle. Um. So all of a sudden, now that explosive offense takes on a different persona. But I'm sorry. You got your guys in the game, game on the line. You're looking at, what was it, fourth and three? Fourth and four. Fourth and four? You go for it. You want to change the narrative? You want to change the identity of this organization? You go for it. And again, maybe we're looking at a different situation. If... They didn't go for any. Uh, if they didn't try any fourth down conversions the entire game, would you or be they against tried one. them?
1: Would you be against a coffin kicker in, in that scenario? No, no, I you know,
0: no, I, I'll tell you what. I mean, for me, the chain of, of the things that you should do there with the way that that offense had been and, and the design play calls that they had on fourth down today, you go, go for it. You could certainly try a short punt uh and then you kick the field goal and and look, I don't think anybody's comfortable with Austin Cyber right now so uh, look uh, mm, I don't know to me it's the wrong call again, when you the obvious game plan today was they were going to they were going go for everything they were going to be incredibly aggressive not only on third down but on fourth down I mean, you look at some of the plays that they ran, just kind of like ISO runs with, you know, with Jamal Williams. And you're like, well, what do you, what is that for? Well, then it sets up fourth and one and then they're converting sometimes for big gains. So it felt like every, almost every fourth down play that they had, they were in a position to make a play or it was an explosive play. I I just question why that decision was made. And it sounds like Dan Campbell has already has already changed his thought process. Said he should have said he should have gone for it. But it just felt like, man, I'm sitting there after this game trying to think about how I want to attack this tonight on the show. And I'm like, it's just we've just been here before. This is this is a road we have traveled. Lions get out to a quick start. That hasn't been the scenario under Dan Campbell. At least Usually they get down early and then they try to claw their way back. But in this case, you get off to a quick start. This is more the, the, the mid Stafford era. Get out to a quick start, come back, lose the game, kick in the shins. And you're left going, well, what, what happened here? What Why did this happen? And I, again, I think for, for this team to really win a lot of games, You got to score 30 points because you're not yet at a point where you can lean on the defense because I don't, you know, I just don't have a lot of faith that this team is going to be able to defend people to defend teams in this league, the way that they need to, in order to win games. Do
2: you think though, it's a team that's still learning how to win? because they're so young
0: is that a valid excuse? No. I mean, yes, but no. That that's not an excuse for today. I mean, today this was a, a boneheaded decision by a coach who again, I I don't know. I don't know I I don't know what went through the thro- the thought process there. Because you had been obviously very aggressive all day. I don't know why that decision was made. And maybe it's because in Ross St. Brown's dinged up Maybe because DeAndre Swift is dinged up and, and, and and Reynolds was banged up. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you just felt like you don't have the the horses now to run the race and that's acceptable. And if Dan Campbell came out, I could maybe buy that, but no, you you spent the entire game being ultra aggressive. And I I feel like the, and I think that's a valid question. Like I just, I, I think, that they're they know how to win football games. These the, these are all pro football players. They should be able to close out a game and they didn't. And if they don't get it on first on fourth down, maybe we're maybe we're we're flip-flopping the other way, why didn't you try to field goal? But really the field goal doesn't do you a whole lot of good because you it's touchdown still beat you. I don't know. It it felt it felt wrong.
1: What do you got, Jason? It looked wrong. Um the the biggest play for me uh, in this one, you got ten minutes left. You're up ten. You got a third and one, and I believe they were inside the fifth. They, they were in Minnesota territory and, and elected to go for a long pass. Yes, instead of the bread and butter uh, uh, running the football, Jamal Williams is a capable backup. He had a really uh, he had a good day today. Mm-hmm. But right there, I'm going. You know that that could have killed some more clock if they would have gotten the first down. Obviously, they could have scored on that drive. Maybe. Um, up the lead a little more than that. And then you gave the ball right back to Minnesota and then they scored to to pull within three. And then there was the the timeout with 47 seconds left that uh, the Lions took. And then mm-hmm. on the play coming out of that timeout, a wide open receiver. So what yep. exactly was designed there?
0: Well, look, I, I was questioning that timeout as well. That was their last timeout. And, and it felt like, they were trying to preserve clock because it i think they realized that they were probably going to get scored on right and and it felt like they were trying to just stop the clock and 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 look i think that's another question that Dan Campbell should face but i i think at the end of the day you know you want to change the 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 mindset of this organization you know lean on your offense that's your bread and butter right now and, and I and I would love, I would have loved for them, before the Minnesota touchdown late to put them ahead. I would have loved for them, to just run out the clock. And they were aggressive. They did throw the football, and it and it gave Minnesota some time, some some opportunities to keep some timeouts in their pocket. Um, but, you know, you've got some speed, in your receiver room. Why aren't we running these little touch passes to Amon Ross St. Brown? Why are not we trying to, to, to go West to to East and, and try to stretch this, this defense, by the way, this Minnesota defense isn't very good. So you had an opportunity there. Instead we're running just straight up runs into the, the, the teeth of that defensive line. So yes, there, there are a lot of questions across the board. And I would, I, I have, I, I would like to get some answers to those. Certainly the use of the time out there. What was the call? Why was he so wide open? I I look, it just felt like we've been there before. But I, this was a game where I don't, I don't, you don't expect them to win. I felt like they were going to go in and win that football game. But I think if you look at the quadrants, right? You got next week against uh, Seattle. That's just a game you have to win. You can't lose to Geno Smith and that team. You just cannot. So you, if you, if you get out of these first four games two and two. Think you're still in business. All right, got to take a break. Uh, more on sports rep as we continue next. All right, welcome back. You know uh, it was a as rough of a day as it was for for the Lions. Certainly Dan Campbell, um, Michigan State. I mean, my goodness, thirty four to seven. Uh, they take their second loss in a row, this time to the undefeated Minnesota Golden Gophers at home in East Lansing. Um, and it <laughs> this thing wasn't close at all. It wasn't close at any point. Minnesota got out to a quick start, and then it just kind of rolled on down, down the hill. And and Every single deficiency, it felt like that we saw in that game on the left coast against Washington. Every little thing that we expected the Spartans to get right during the week didn't. And Tanner Morgan had a day. 23 for 26, 268, three touchdowns. Mo Ibrahim, 22 carries, 103, a touchdown. I mean, guys, this was across the board just an old fashioned butt kicking. And and you know, to Mel Tucker's credit, and look, I want to bring in Matt Charper out with the Detroit News. Matt, nice to have you with us. To, I think to Tucker's credit, um, you know, after the game he wasn't trying to be uh he wasn't trying to jump to any conclusions. Uh he said he wanted to see the tape before he starts uh, you know, kind of uh p- pinning on on who this who this blame falls on. Um but I think he's going to find on that tape that the defensive backfield uh, is not doing their job. The offensive line isn't doing their job. I mean, across the board, I mean, the linebacking crew, and I know you've got guys banged up, but I think he's going to look at that tape and see a lot of deficiencies on both sides of the of the ball.
3: Well, I, I mean, I agree with you. You're right. And it's interesting when, when you talk about you know, being being short at certain positions or understanding your limitations in terms of personnel, this, this isn't going to be anything that's going to surprise them. I mean, they know that right now they don't measure up in, in, in a few positions. The, the big concern that I would take away from this is that now in year three of this program with, with Mel Tucker and, and Scotty Hazleton as your defensive coordinator, that you're still seeing the same mistakes being made that you were seeing all of last year you were seeing before that you saw last week um you know in certain instances you can kind of live with if you're just not good enough yet at some positions. Mm-hmm. you know if you're just getting beat physically but so many times the you know you see them out of position or they've run the wrong defense or they didn't have the right leverage on a def- on a receiver things that you would think at this point you wouldn't still be making those mistakes and i think. That's probably the frustrating thing for, for most people. I'm sh- I know it's frustrating for Mel Tucker. The question is, how do you change those things? Is it changing players? Do you go young and just start playing freshmen? Or is it is it a scheme thing? Does Mel Tucker start, you know, having more of a say in what the defense is doing? I, it'll be interesting to see what he says tomorrow because I don't, I don't think anything's off the table, whether it's personnel changes, whether it's shuffling the coaches. I, I mean, I don't think he's going to fire anybody midseason. But there could be, you know, some changes in like, like I said, him calling the defense more. We we may see some of those things. But the way it's gone these last two weeks, I don't think you could you can rule anything out at this point. And I, I don't think he will. But hopefully, we get a better idea tomorrow.
0: Yeah, and look, I, I think you know the play of Peyton Thorn. The kid is, I mean, he's he's a gutsy kid. He sticks in there and he yeah. plays. He tries to play well. But I mean, you know, seventeen for twenty-four, buck thirty-seven and two picks. Um, you know, that's not a great stat line. They rushed as a team yesterday for 38 yards. I mean, you bring in Jalen Berger from from Wisconsin, you bring in Jarek Broussard from from Colorado. Obviously, Tuck Tuck knows him well. Um, but they can't run the football. They can't pass protect. Um, if you would have told me uh, before the game or before the season that four games in, Jaden Reed wouldn't have a touchdown. I mean, he had four catches for 21 yards yesterday. I mean, I think we look at the defense and say, yes, there are huge deficits, deficiencies there. They cannot stop the pass. It, it by the time this thing's all said and done, it may be worse than last year. But offensively, they are struggling.
3: Yeah, and and when you can't run the ball, that makes everything else worse, as we've right. seen. And thirty-eight yards yesterday. And, and look, Kenneth Walker was 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 a great player, and he probably won you. He's a revelation. Right, but Kenneth Walker, if you put him here, he's not fixing everything that's wrong with this team right now. So that's why I say you know, look at the way this offensive line is playing. I mean, they are getting beat up routinely uh, the last two weeks consistently. I mean, it all starts right there. Then you can't run the ball. Now the pressure is on your quarterback to make a lot of plays. I think Peyton Thorne is feeling that a little bit, and he's trying to do a little too Mm -hmm. much. Um, And I think that's why you're seeing some of those – you know, questionable decisions on the throws. I think the screen pass interception was a little unlucky. Um, sure. And, then of course, the fumble sure. at the five. At that point, though, it's one of those that's yeah. going to go wrong as a gun at this point. So it, it's hard to say. You know, you, you don't want to pin it all on one guy. And I know everyone likes to put it on a quarterback because that's the easy thing to do because Noah sure. Kim came in and threw a touchdown, but that game was over by then. So, it, right. I mean, there's a lot to fix over there, but it starts up front. If they can't run the ball and they go another quarter, another – 2 weeks in a row the first quarter they ran six plays. I mean you ca- you got to sustain some drives even if you don't score otherwise the right. defense is out there forever. And they were out there for 42 and a half minutes last night. I yeah. mean that's that's nuts.
0: It's unacceptable. Um yeah. is it scheme in your mind? Is it is it coaching? Is it the players? What what do you think it is?
3: Yeah, I mean I don't want to like be wishy-washy, but in a lot of cases it's both. I mean you're seeing some you know some instances where you're wondering why in the world would they call this certain play on offense or why were they in this defense didn't make sense for the time, but then you'll see them change it, and you have a safety who can't cover a tight end and man to man so you're wondering how much can you out scheme the personnel issues you're having, you right. know and and at this point they're they're not finding that mesh point where it's all where you're able to get by with certain things and it's just nothing nothing is happening the way you know, you're not catching any breaks with it either. It's, it's across the board right now. And I think that's why Mel Tucker didn't want to jump to any conclusions last night. Uh, but he did, you know, he said he's confident in his coaching staff, but we'll we'll see what that all comes it, to. It's just, it's, it, it, it is just kind of everything going wrong at the, at the same time.
0: I mean, look out, this thing could get ugly too because now they go to Maryland next week uh, and you saw Maryland gave Michigan everything they had uh, on the road then you're at home against Ohio State, at home against Wisconsin, and then you go to Ann Arbor to take on Michigan. Tough stretch coming up, so this could get ugly yep. for the Spartans, but it all starts next week at Maryland. Matt, always appreciate the time and insight. Thank you, my friend.
3: You got it. Thanks.
0: Yep, there he is, Matt Charbonneau with the Detroit News. We'll talk about Michigan next. If you want to get in on this discussions today, we'll wrap it about Michigan State. We'll wrap it about the Lions. And, of course, uh, Michigan's win against Maryland – Yesterday, 800-859-0957, 800-859-0, WJR. Sports Rap continues next right here on WJR. All right, we're going to get to Michigan in just a second, but Greg's on hold. He's got some thoughts. What's up, Greg?
4: Hey, Chris, thank you for taking my call on that all-star crew, Mr. Positive. Hey, today was a gut punch. Oh, my God. I so desperately want this team to win. I think they're capable mismanagement of the the time clock, uh, plays that should have been, you know, maybe executed. Now we have to worry about a coach, and I love him to death because he's a different personality and he's got things to offer. But now we have to worry about, is he really making the right play? Does he have the mental acuity and the uh, uh, football knowledge to make the right play at the right time? We're worrying about so many variables. And I think uh, Jason alluded to it, and he said about, uh, you know, we got one yard to go, and you are you want us to run. But I think Jason may be a little bit, you know, wrong on that because you're expecting. That's what you're supposed to do. Let's catch them off guard. Let's create a play that is a pass play that we can get the first down and maybe then some. You know, we don't know if it's a, a sure thing. One yard, we always think that it is, but you're expecting it. And you know what? What is the best well, uh, defense for
0: an look, expectation? Yeah, Greg, I appreciate the call. Thank you. I, I mean, I, I think it's, I think two things can be true. I mean, I think Dan Campbell can be a a good coach. Um, I think every coach has has lapses in in their play call, has lapses in decisions, and and I don't think this moment should define Dan Campbell, but going forward do we see Dan Campbell learn from this? Do we see Dan Campbell and, and, and we, I want to see the, you know, the, 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 the gears churning on the sideline going, let me think because when I was at us bank stadium in Minneapolis, we did this and it did not work out well for us. We should probably go for it here. Like I, I want to see that development from Dan Campbell because look, as much as, as year two of Dan Campbell, I mean, Dan Campbell has been a head coach for, you know, a season and a half total in his career. And so, yeah, no, I, I want to see, I want to see Dan Campbell learn from this. I want to see, I want to see how this scenario then impacts the way he calls games going forward or the decisions that cross his headset. If he gives the yay or nay going forward, because I think that's going to be what, what separates kind of him and from lions coaches in the past. I, I, I don't think this is a referendum on Dan Campbell, but I think Dan Campbell needs to learn from these situations. Is that fair? Am I, am I, am I being unfair to Dan Campbell? If no. It feels like that, yep, you screwed up. He admitted he screwed up. Uh, and now you can learn from that. And I want to see what that looks like going forward. Uh, all right. Michigan yesterday hosted Maryland. They win the game twenty-four, uh, excuse me, thirty-four to twenty-seven. And they outscore uh Maryland in the second half 17-14. It was, it was a tight game. Um, I mean, things weren't far out of whack. And Maryland had three turnovers. Um and, and look, I I mean that that touchdown late by the turps uh when they had their backup in I mean it, it was just the, you know really Michigan won that game by two, by two sports um but I think that we're st- we, we're starting to see some of the I, I guess I'm going to use the word deficiency. I feel like we've said that a couple of times today. But, but we're starting to see some of the issues that this Michigan team is going to have. Um And I want to start on offense, because it felt like J.J. McCarthy, you know, with all the time he had against teams like Hawaii, teams like Colorado State, um, teams like UConn, you got all the time in the world. Your receivers are going to get open. You're playing inferior opponents. And with that, you see inflated scores. You see them just dominate these other teams. And it felt like for the first time yesterday where Michigan plays a really good Maryland team, by the way, like the, the Terps are legit and, and Maryland game, everything they had and Michigan wins because they've got better talent. Michigan wins because now they've got a, a basis on how to, how to win coming off of last year. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there are problems there, and I think J.J. McCarthy has to – he's got to learn pretty quick here because now you're in the teeth of this schedule. Now you're in Big Ten play, and this is not the Rams. This is not the Rainbows or whatever they call themselves in Hawaii. This is this is Big Ten play now, and you've got some better teams on the schedule ahead of Maryland, and you got to take care of business. And by the way, and I know Donovan Edwards is banged up, but Blake Corum should not be carrying the ball 30 times. He should not be carrying the football 30 times. You're going to have to find other ways to supplement your run game because 30 carries is too much. Now, Blake Corum had a, I mean, he was unbelievable yesterday, 230 or 243 for two touchdowns. I mean, he was all over the board, but Blake Corum should not be carrying the ball 30 times. Um, and and to be fair, I don't think that we can really rely on young, true freshman running backs in key spots. That's a difficult situation to be in. So you're seeing, you know, that Donovan Edwards injury is a problem. I thought the offensive line played okay. I think there were times when JJ McCarthy was under pressure, but I thought he handled it okay. And he's got to get rid of the ball a little quicker. He's he, you know, now the game is speeding up a little bit and he's gotta he's gotta see things differently. So um and I think defensively, you know, they still have issues in the secondary. I think there are still issues with the defensive line. But you're able to win that game because you've got better talent. You're able to win that game, you know, and and and, and pick off two or three times because you've got better talent. Um and now Michigan goes on the road against Iowa. Noon kick Uh, Saturday, I was dreadful. So, okay, that should be a win. Indiana stinks. And then you got Penn state at home, Michigan state at home. Those are two of the the games that you got to circle on the calendar. Um, and then Rutgers, Nebraska, Illinois, and Ohio state at the end of the year. I mean, this sets up for Michigan, but they got to come a long way. Like this is, this really was like week one. Now, what improvements do we make week two against Iowa on the road? Their first away game, by the way. Um, you got to go take care of business against the Hawkeyes. It's not a night game. Thank God. Kinnick Stadium at night is is a nightmare. It's where dreams go to die. Uh, ask Michigan in 2016 where their dreams went when they went to Kinnick that year. Um, I don't care if JT Barrett was short or not. It uh, wouldn't have mattered because uh, if they win that Iowa game, it didn't matter. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on Michigan, Blake? Blake, you're a big college football guy. What did you,
2: what do you make of Michigan? I mean, I agree with you a hundred percent. I would be. I said this last week on another show. I'll be disappointed if they're not eleven and zero going into Ohio State. Right. I I their schedule sets up so perfectly. They basically had a three game preseason to figure. Yep. Hopefully, I was thinking they would figure some of these things out. And they did, I think they did figure some things out, but they have so much time before the meat of their schedule. So I think they should be 11. Now, Ohio State
0: looks very scary right now. You know, Ohio State looks scary, but I think Wisconsin stinks too. Like, you know. Oh, the whole and, West and, is horrible. Oh yeah. uh, Yes, it's true. And then, heck, look at Notre Dame. You know, I, I watched that Michigan, or, or excuse me, Ohio State-Notre Dame game. And after that game, I was terrified. I'm like, oh, so they spent the offseason listening about how soft they were, and Michigan bullied them in that last game last year when they throttled them in Ann Arbor, and they spent all offseason talking about how soft they were and how they needed to be more physical. Well, mission accomplished, because I thought they were incredibly physical in that Notre Dame game. Well, then Notre Dame goes out and gets bombed (laughs) by Marshall the next week, and then you're like, oh well, wait a second, maybe Notre Dame just stinks too, and um, and this is the round and round a uh, uh, game we we do in college football, because I, I you know I don't know what to make of Ohio State, I don't think they've really played anybody of note yet, um, so I don't know, I don't know about and, Ohio State, and I really said- don't
1: you said definitely the Penn state game is one to circle, but then you said circle the Michigan state game right now, the Michigan, I mean, that's a home game for Michigan. As of right now, they should win that game by 30.
0: All
5: right, but it is a
1: rivalry game. Let
0: me just say this. There have been years past where I've looked at Michigan state and thought they stink. They stink. They'll never beat Michigan ever. Ever, And then they go out and trouble with the snap happens, or they go out in year one of Mel Tucker and lose at home. Like, yeah, look, Michigan should throttle Michigan state. But I look, I just, I can't pick that game. I just can't. I just can't sit here and tell you that Michigan's (laughs) going to beat Michigan state. Isn't that sad? I Because I don't no, know.
1: It's like the Lions today. It's, it's another one of those roads that you've already gone gone on. Yeah. You know I, mean? I mean,
2: if Michigan's offense looks like it did against Maryland, Iowa will create more turnovers than Maryland did. Iowa's defense is very good. Iowa just won't score 14 points.
0: That's very true. I mean, I, look, I think Iowa... I don't know what's going on there.
2: They're really, really bad on offense, but they their defense really
0: bad on offense is probably this the has best. Got to be the West. worst they've ever been on offense under Kirk Ferentz. Got to be. I mean, they're dreadful, dreadful. Defensively, I mean, I, I don't think they're any better defensively this year than they were last year. I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to look, but. Um. Yeah. Look, but but I mean, anytime you go to King Kinnick, it's a problem but any the, the real meat of their schedule is split into like two because Penn State and Michigan State um are the 15th and the 29th of October uh and then and then you got Ohio State at the end of the year so they don't really have like a a, a crazy stretch and even Iowa in, between Iowa and Penn State you've got Indiana so like no, this schedule sets up a really week. nicely. There's right? a bye week
1: before Michigan State. Bye yeah.
0: week before Michigan State. Usually Michigan State gets the bye week before Michigan. Uh, this year, the Wolverines have the bye before the Spartans. Um, but look, yes, next week, you got to go to Iowa. You got to take care of business. And then everything kind of sets up for you. Then you go, you beat Indiana, and then you got Penn State at home. And that's the scary one, the real scary one before Ohio State. That in Michigan State. But you should beat them. So, look, I I don't know, but I think Michigan still has some things to work out. They still have some things that they need to find, especially on defense. But on offense, too, they got to find a way to get receivers open more. And and these receivers are good. They just weren't finding a lot of separation against Maryland. But you got to find a way to get open. And and J.J.'s got to find a way to get them the ball quicker than what he has been. All right, got to take a break. Uh, more on Sports Wrap continuing next. Are we talking to our friends uh, at uh, the Gridiron Wrap next, Jason? Yes. We all are. right. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. We'll talk to Sean Belegian uh, and uh, Bill Keenis coming up next right here on Sports Wrap. Don't go anywhere. I, you know, I feel like we're 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 talking about football today, like we're at like a like a wake. Yeah. I mean, t- this was a rough stretch this weekend because look, I don't think Michigan yeah. looked that all impressive. I don't think, you know, obviously we saw what Michigan State did in back-to-back weeks. Lions go all Lions. I mean, look, I, under Dan Campbell, usually they get down big and then they claw their way back. This felt very much like a Lions team of the the middle, maybe the later half of Matt Stafford's uh, time here, where they go, they get out to a big lead, then they kick in the shins and lose the game. Like, it, it, was, yeah. it felt like this is a road we've been down before. Uh, and I know that on gridiron wrap coming up <laughs> next, John Belige and Bill Keenis will discuss all of these things. So let's break it down into quadrants. All right. I, I want to save the lions for last. Um, I want to start <laughs> with, with Michigan because it felt like yesterday um, in their first real opponent, um, you know, Maryland's a good football team. And it, it felt <laughs> like Michigan won that game because they've got better talent and um, but there's a lot of things that, that they need to clean up in Ann Arbor.
5: Yeah, you know, Chris, I, I think. Th- Go ahead, Bill. Go ahead, John. Go ahead. No, you know, the, the, the one thing that jumped out to me was just how off they looked offensively yep. for for most of the game. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, who has looked just, I mean, stellar. There's no other way to say that. He just looked offensively off all game. Yeah. You, you know, you just kept well, waiting. Okay. Slow, almost. Yet, this is the drive that, that it starts to click and it never really happened. Uh, but you know, Bill, I know you and I have talked about this many times, Chris, there's nothing like getting your teachable moment when you win.
6: Yeah, sure. I'll take yeah. it
5: any day of the week. And that was a big no. teachable moment for this Michigan team right. yesterday, in my opinion.
6: Yeah. And I, I, I think there's a couple things in, in regard to what you just said, Sean, this was with all due respect, the first real opponent Mm -hmm. they played. Maryland's a good football team. Yeah. Um, and that quarterback (laughs) looks like his brother. I mean, he's a really good quarterback. So, you know, I think Michigan knew, I mean, is as well as they played in the three games. They watched the film, preparing for Maryland. They knew what they were about to face. Um, And how many how many starts has it been for JJ? What's this? His third, fourth start. Yeah, this is uh,
0: second start. So
6: third. Start. He's a freshman in regards to that. I know yeah. he played a lot last year. Yeah. But when you have the success he had the previous couple of weeks, and then you play a team like Maryland. I wasn't that surprised. Yeah, I really wasn't. As yeah. Sean said, there are plenty of teachable moments. That's yep. what every coach in every sport wants. But I will say this, and I—I I know we're going to talk about next week at Iowa. When you can run the ball like that, you help a young quarterback. And the best part of having a running game—what does it do? It yep. travels. Nope, you're it exactly travels. right.
0: You're exactly right. And but it's I'll tell no you, different. Yeah. You know, Blake Corum cannot be carrying the ball 30 times. I mean, it, no, you really right. see yeah. that 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 Donovan Edwards yeah. injury is a problem, and then you're handing the ball off to a true freshman. So that's a problem for Michigan, too, on offense. Meanwhile, Michigan State yeah. struggling again to stop the pass mm-hmm. at home. They get blasted by Minnesota, who, by the way, is also a good football team. But mm-hmm. this yeah. it, traditionally, Michigan State, if they if they lose a game, it feels like Michigan State never loses a close game. They're either – Winning the close games, winning or or they get blown out. Um, yeah. And and Michigan State yesterday, Sean, um, they didn't. It didn't look like any changes were made. It didn't look like anything really had been done from from that Washington game. Um, and and this was a bit of a problem because it's at home and you've got that edge. Yeah. And that just was a non-factor yesterday. Oh, Johnny. Hold on. We got you muted there, Sean. Hold on one second. Yeah, there you go. Me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah.
5: I would say the one change that you saw is they couldn't get anything offensively going. Yeah, true. You know, I mean, they, it, at least in the Washington game, you know, you saw them come roaring back, albeit too little yeah. too late. I, look, here's the reality. I think you and I talked about this before the season, Chris. I, I didn't expect Michigan State to have the banner year that they did last year, and it was a darn good banner year, but a lot of things came together mm. for that to happen including having a pretty special running back. But with that being said, um, I don't think people saw the losses that we've seen the last couple of weeks as well. You know, right. this is still, it's fixable. Uh, it's salvageable, you know, unless you were one of those people that were thinking, Hey, this is going to be 2013 or 2015. Right. Then, you know, more power to you, I guess, but, yeah, right. you know, this is, this is one of those things where honestly, you know what? Uh, keep building. You know, he's he's doing a good job of getting young players in there, but this is this is a tough moment. And and I yeah. think this is a reminder yeah. how difficult the task was for Coach Tucker. I really do.
0: All right, real quick, uh, because I know you guys got a lot of stuff coming up on Gridiron wrap seven-eight right here on WJR. Uh, the decision to go and kick that 54-yard field goal with Austin Seibert. Uh the Vikings missed two field goals as well. And and I don't know what it is about that building. When they open the windows, it just swirls in a <laughs> weird way. But four for six on the day on fourth downs, they decide to kick the field goal. It really may have come back to bite them in the butt. What did you make of that decision there, Bill?
6: Um, I think everybody was surprised. Yeah, Was it, um, if you take an analytical approach to it, was there logic to it? probably. I mean, there's a lot of 56 yard field goals, 54 yard field goals made in the NFL and sure. even in college, right? So you understand the logic, Um, but based on the flow of the game and how things had gone up to that point going forward on fourth down uh, it, it was a interesting decision that Dan Campbell has already regretted.
0: Yep. Yeah. They, they took an ultra uh, aggressive approach on fourth down today Obviously okay. didn't work for him. Uh, gridiron wrap so. coming your way next. Uh, have yourself a nice week.